to what you think will happen uh, Saturday. Bombers, Alouettes in Montreal. What do you What do you think? I hate to say it. <laughs> I do. I think you may hate to say it, but the last time you hated to say something, fans loved the result. So yes, just... yes. I uh, so hopefully you know you know. See the thing is. I was not upset last time. I was not wrong. The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. I'm sorry to say we have to start this week with a bit of an announcement that we've lost part of the conversation due to some technical errors and just a a tough break this morning. We did lose a part of the conversation uh, John Rush and myself had talking about Sean McGuire getting the start, talking about resting the defensive players, expectations for Maguire and the Bombers, as well as uh, hyping up Johnny Augustine after his strong performance last week. Unfortunately, we lost that chunk. We did save a lot of it, though, including uh, some pretty cool initiative that John has partnered up with. We'll get to that later on in the episode. Again, sorry that we lost the first half, but we do jump into our conversation with John Rush regarding the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and what they can expect from the Montreal Alouettes coming up on Saturday. So we'll pick it right up from where we were able to save it. Uh, John Rush talking about Stanbeck from Montreal and just how good he was last week and how good he's been all season long and how the Bombers need to be ready. It's crazy. Like it, watching him run is is honestly is is insane. It's 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 fun to watch that dude play. Like I know he plays for the you know he plays for the Alouettes and everything, but it's fun watching him play. Like he is a good football player. Yeah, man, like, it's just, again, like you said, it's just a good football player. And we're in for some good football games coming up. A lot of standings uh, implications with, uh, you got um, Calgary and BC, you've got Hamilton, Toronto. It's coming down to the wire for a lot of teams, so it's going to be a pretty entertaining weekend of football, eh? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You know, it's going to be, that's, this year has been kind of, it's been kind of weird this year, right? So it's uh, lots of, Lots of um, like just weird standings where <laughs> you know things you wouldn't really expect it to happen kind of happening, and uh, you're just like, okay, like here we go, like this is, and and that's kind of it with CFL football. Is it always kind of comes down to like the last two or three weeks? It always kind of becomes uh, a bit of a mess, I want to say, but uh, like in in the best possible way. It's like it's like uh, you know it's it's kind of like. I don't know how to say this, but it's not like a train wreck, but it's kind of like a train wreck because there's just so much happening that you can't take your eyes off. But it's like it's like a good train wreck, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a it's like a teeter totter on the fire. Country 107 just, morning show up, with Dave it's Anthony. down, Weekday and it's just so entertaining and yet so dangerous. Well, exactly, that's exactly it, right? So it, you're just like there's just so much happening um, that it's it, the last the last few games are always so much fun in the CFL because you, you just and then. The CFL game itself is just such a crazy game that these games are always, like, extra entertaining. It is going to be just so much fun. And the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are in their driver's seat. They kind of get to kick back and uh, and watch. Yeah, they still got things that they want to do. And what would you like to see out of Winnipeg showing that they're kind of gearing up for the playoffs and, and gearing up for that Western Final? What do you want to see out of them on Saturday night versus Montreal? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question because it's, it's – it's interesting because you know from a fran- from a, from a fan perspective, you're like, oh, like I want to see them, you know, blow it out of the water. I still want to see them with their second stringers and killing people, blah blah blah. And I'm just like, all right, guys, like, okay, like you know, let's let's kind of let's kind of take it back a notch here. Let's like look at the situation, kind of look look at all the facts here, 
and realize that, you know, that's not really what we want from the outcome of this game. You know what I mean? What we want from the outcome of this game um, is, like I was kind of saying before with, uh, with Sean, is we want to see that all these guys that are going in right now can handle what they're what they're being given because by all means they're being given a pretty vanilla game plan right now. So the coaches want to be able to see that like, okay, we can give you this this vanilla game plan and you can implement it and you can kind of do what, what we expect of you. You know, we're not expect like by no means like, you know, they're going, they're going out there to win, but I'm, you know, I'm guaranteeing the coaches aren't putting the pressure on them to get 70 yard bomb passes and, you know, pick sixes and things like that. Just like, no, we want, like, we're implementing this plan. You know, we want to see you be able to hit that 15-yard dig. We want to see you do your blocking assignments. We want to see you be able to, um, you know, in man coverage, you know, or, or, or zone coverage, pick up the right man in your zone. And because, because with this many young guys on the field, there's going to be a bus somewhere, right? So, um, so they just want to see these individual guys that they're throwing in there be able to kind of do their job with live bullets uh, to give them a better evaluation. And, uh, you know, and, and the thing is that, you know, if everyone on the field is doing their job, which would be, you know, which would be crazy, but if everyone on the field is actually doing their, you know, the job to the best, they still have, a, you know, a great shot of winning. Um, it's just difficult when you have this many young guys on the field and the other team uh, has that many vets on the field. It's just, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's different. You know, it's, they the vets are obviously going to have more experience, know you know, know a little bit more about where to go and, and how to position themselves, and so they're going to make a little bit more plays. Um, so you know, it's more, it's more just kind of an evaluation game where you know, I want when I'm watching this game, I just want to see the, the especially a lot of the new guys not take a lot of penalties um, because that's like that's first and foremost, that's like the easiest way to like make sure you never play on the Blue Bombers again, uh, especially <laughs> as a young guy. Um, not take a lot of penalties and just do like the, you know, the fundamentals and the kind of like just work on your technique. You know, I just want to see them do the technique properly um, because that's like, that's kind of like where it's at. Like that's where, I think that's like the big, the big part of, you know, what I want to see from these guys because, you know, they're going to make mistakes, it's going to happen. But if you, if, if you're in there and you're, you're live bullets are flying and you're doing those things right, you're in a pretty good spot, especially as a young guy. Absolutely. Uh, let's quickly touch on the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers' latest win versus Montreal. I don't know how much we really want to uh, get into it, how much we can really take away from it. Uh, pretty solid win, though, 31-21. Uh, Caleros, 280 yards, two TDs. Kenny Lawler, uh, uh, over 110 yards on seven catches. Lots of positive uh from a team perspective, but also lots of individual positives that can really help uh, guys' confidence going forward. What did you think of the Bombers' ninth straight win last week? Yeah, no, it just you know it just kind of keeps showing how you know how dominant they are, how you know how good they are as a team, and uh, they were missing some key people like Yoshi was still out, uh, Harris is still out, and stuff like that, and uh, you know it just shows like how. Know how good they are, but it, you know it also served a bit of, uh, I think, a bit of uh, a little bit of a wake up call for them as well. You know, uh, you know they got they got scored on twenty, you know, not twenty one times, but twenty one points, um, and you know, that was by all means, you know, a ten point game in the CFL is a close game. 
Like yeah. that's not uh, that's not an, an out of reach game. You know what I mean? No, so, you can score ten points in the final three minutes or final two minutes of a CFL game easily. Yeah, you know, e- like very easily. So uh, by all means, that was still uh, a close game, right? So uh, maybe I'm 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 hopeful that it served as a bit of a wake up call for some of them that you know maybe they aren't as uh, untouchable as they once thought um, and kind of. Not, not smartened up, but just kind of like realize that, like you know, that they still have to kind of do the things. They have to, they have to do the work. They have to put in the work to, you know, get to that point. And um, you know, lots of positives, obviously. There's so many positives, and you know, the, the defense is still stellar, even though they let up 21 points. That's still, <laughs> still had a stellar game. Um, you know, the offense was was un, unreal again. You know, all the receivers. Um, I saw Waltarski got his first touchdown of the year. That was awesome. That's another solid dude on the team. Like it just seeing all, seeing like them be able to spread out to so many guys uh, is awesome. And, and, and Johnny Augustine stepping in, uh, doing well. And, you know, that's, that's the, that's the, I think second or third game he's had some, you know, he's ripped off a couple bigger runs, hard running dude. Um, You know, Montreal by all means stopped, the the run game pretty hard there, but um, you know Augustine was was uh, I think the the fewest carries, but the the most yards and the most yards per carry, which was uh, you know which is great to see. I'm a little bit biased because Johnny Augustine is uh, a Niagara boy. I grew up playing with Johnny, and I went to Guelph with Johnny, so uh, I'll straight up admit to my bias on that one. But um, but no, but Johnny is a Johnny hardworking dude. Johnny is a hardworking dude, and he played he's, he was playing running back and playing on special teams. You know that's uh, you love to see it. So, um, and and he had a he had a couple nice runs there too. So you could it it's hard to take away a lot from a game like that. We were kind of just like, yeah, they like they like kind of just like single handedly beat them, and it it was kind of just like you know, you know whatever. Yeah. Uh, the only the only the only negative I probably took out of it was that Standback did run uh, quite a bit on them. Yeah, 106 yards on 16 carries. He averaged yeah. uh, 6.6, but so did Johnny. Uh, he had yeah. uh, 46 yards on seven carries, averaging uh, 6.6. So again, uh, Johnny had other opportunities to go other places on CFL teams, but wanted to be in Winnipeg. And you, you get the sense that uh, while it may be the Brady Oliveira show under the spotlight, Johnny Augustine's going to be one of those guys that helps them, you know, win key games down the stretch for years to come. Yeah, that's exactly it, right? Having having a guy like Johnny on the team um, gives you it gives you so much, it's so many options, so many options. It adds so much depth uh, to the whole to the whole offense. Uh, it's not ju- you know, it's not just uh, it's because he can do so many more things than play running back. He can play that Nick Dembski position. You know what I mean? Like he and 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 on top of that, he's playing special teams. Like having guys like that is. is uh, so key to success because having a one-dimensional player, if something were to happen, um, you know, say say midseason, you know, Dembski goes down, and having a guy that can't play that position, you got to rework the entire offense then, especially with the ratio in the CFL, right? Where it's like, okay, like we don't have a Canadian that can play Dembski's position, so now we have to put an American there, so now we have to uh, put a Canadian somewhere else. Uh, on the field because yeah. you have to have you have to you know have that starting ratio, and so it can rework an entire team you know because if if it's not on offense then they're gonna have to throw them throw them somewhere on defense, um, right? So 
it it can have major implications not having guys that are, are versatile, that are very one-dimensional. And, and, and having a guy like Johnny that can do so many different things uh, is, is great and 100% will be contributing to the success of uh, the Blue Bombers. Every team needs a John Rush type is what you're saying because in case you, people don't remember, you were I think you were linebacker, you were a receiver in practice, I think you were the backup kicker at one point. I... Uh... I it, it's actually hilarious. Like my my professional career is honestly at this point um, hilarious. I I took I took actual reps as a linebacker, a fullback, a running back, and a wide receiver. Uh, and I was for two games. I was the backup punter. So so I was yeah. My professional career uh, is an absolute. It's just it. To actually think about, and whenever whenever I meet up with the guys and we, we're talking, and and we'll, like we kind of get onto the subject of different things, like they always bring it up, and they're just like, "Dude, like, how did you like do all of these?" And I'm just like, "See, here's the thing: I didn't do any of them overly well. <laughs> I just knew how to do all of them, and I made it clear I knew how to do them. So I made myself more valuable. I'm sure there were probably better like guys that could kick better on the team than me." But I like went out there and practiced with O'Shea, um, so so I got I weaseled my way into that one. And uh, it, it, you know, it, it, in pro sports, it's all about the, the more you can do, the longer you'll stick around. And uh, you know, the only reason I'm not really playing at this point is, is you know own personal decisions, not and you know not because teams didn't want me. It's just you know personal uh, because. The more you can do, like teams want guys that can do lots, and I, you know, I understood that very early on. Yep, and again, I, I, I was, I kind of tossed it up there, but it's true. You are, a, you're a jack of all trades, and uh, you know, CFL teams need guys like you, and and guys coming out of university and and programs need to be more versed into just than just one position. It's football's a, a very funny game how it's kind of evolved that way. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, you know, I, I, I had this dream since I was a kid that I was just going to be the stud middle linebacker in the CFL, and I was going to be the man. I was, you know, I was going to be kind of like Mike O'Shea. You know, I was going to be that guy. And uh, and then I got to the CFL, and Mike O'Shea called me up and said, how do you feel about playing fullback? <laughs> and I was just like, well, I've never played offense before, but uh, <laughs> I guess um, – so it, I was like, my literal question to him was like, "Do you think this is going to help the team win?" He said, "Absolutely," and I'm like, "Sure, let's do it." So uh, from there, then I then I started kind of learning all the other positions. I started learning, uh, you know, wide receiver and everything like that. And um, but yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's you know, you all have this dream, uh, but when you get to pro sports, uh, it, it's funny because. Because it's not just me, you know what I mean? It's like, you look around at the guys, so few guys, especially Canadians, play the position that they actually, like, wanted to, that right. they grew up kind of wanting to and stuff like that. Like, even Mike Miller, you know, Mike Miller, Hall of Fame special teamer, was a DB when he played in college. He was a DB. Never would have guessed now, that. now he's a fullback. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it, and there's so, like, that, you know, there's so many stories like that where it's just like, you know, it's the more you can do, and it, it, it's a team game. Like, if the coach thinks that's going to help the team win, then, you know, that's you know that's what it's all about. You know, you're just there to help the team win, right? 
Absolutely. Uh, we still got retweet or delete coming up. I still want to talk a little bit about one part of the Bombers game versus Montreal that I didn't like so much and uh, caused a little bit of concern. But I want to touch back on uh, just the athleticism of players, John. I don't know if you're a big baseball fan, but in the major leagues this year, there was a pitcher named Shohei Otani from L.A., and he both was an incredible pitcher and an incredible hitter. It was uh, the first time since, I think, Babe Ruth that uh, a guy did both positions so well. So I want to ask you, on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, team right now, who could play both elite offense and elite defense in the same game at the same time? Mike Miller. Yeah? Mike Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Not not even a question. Mike Miller. That guy guy is an animal. Uh, He's literally done it. He's literally done it. When uh, uh, when Lawler, you remember Taylor Lawler? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, he was he was on the team. I must admit, it must have been three or four years ago at this point. Uh, but but Mike Miller was literally going to offensive and defensive meetings. He had both playbooks. He knew both playbooks, and he was taking reps at both fullback and safety because, uh, as you probably remember, Loeffler was always getting hurt because the guy just threw his body around like nobody's business. Yeah, he wasn't he's not the biggest guy, but man did he hit hard. Oh, it was uh, absurd how hard he hit. Uh but I mean it it hit him back, right? Yes, so, it takes a toll. Um, yeah, so it, Mike Miller, that guy is uh it's crazy. Uh it, it, he is just one of the most athletic people I've ever seen. Um and he does it all. He does and, and not, he doesn't even just do offense, even. He was doing offense, defense, and special teams. <laughs> I was just like, dude, are you okay? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, it is, again, it's not like you can glide on skates. It's not like you're standing on a base for uh, a baseball. You're you're running a lot in football. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and he was giving her. So, uh, yeah, Mike Miller, that guy, that guy is a machine. Nothing but respect for him. And you know, and like you say all the time, every time you mention his name, he would hate that you would bring him up. Hate it. Yeah, he would hate it. Wants none of the attention on him. Such a none humble guy. Gotta love yeah. it. Uh, John, one area of concern, and the stat did jump out, maybe because it's just a little like PTSD about it. There was a missed field goal on uh, on those side of Winnipeg. Were you concerned at all when Sergio missed that field goal, or were you just kind of like, yeah, that's uh, that kind of tracks with how the kicking's been this year, but he'll get it back. Yeah, I, I was uh, the only thing that concerned me was the, the the reaction and and how he would react to it. Yeah. Um so and then and then he went and kicked um I'm pretty sure it was like a 48 that uh didn't count because there was a penalty so they ended up having to punt. Um I don't know if you remember that one but yeah. he ended up he ended up like they like they blew it dead but he ended up kicking it and he ended up getting it anyway. Yeah, uh, then he hit a forty-seven, a forty-seven yarder in the fourth quarter to uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of end his night on a positive note. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, like my my only concern when I saw it happen, I was just like, ah, you know, it's, you know, especially for the position we're in, I was just like, whatever, like this game is, like I said, it's not meaningless, but you know, it's like whether we win or lose, it's not going to affect the standings. Um, I just want to see how he reacts to this, and he reacted great. Yeah. You know, he went and hit two two super long ones and so I was like, Cool, that's then that's, that's you know, it's a it's a no point. Minutes field goals are gonna happen, you know, it's it's gonna happen. But uh, you know, as long as as long as, you know, you react positively. If he missed you know, if if then he went and missed the next two, 
he's different story. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> uh, he he kind of he can't he he brought it back. Um, and so for for me, I was just like, oh yeah, that's, that's you know that's just a, kind of a moot point, and and we'll see kind of moving forward how it continues but I, i'm sure surge is a pro so i'm i'm not too concerned about it yeah hit from 22 hit from 34 and then that last one 47 so three out of four uh it's pretty good and again he got better as the game went on john yeah. uh we've talked a lot about how you know coaches really love stats like possession or you know offensive coaches love the total yards defensive coaches though they, they gotta love takeaways and stops but how proud are the Blue Bombers of, of how little they've given up in the fourth quarter of games this year? That has got to be one of the most incredible stats in football history, just how little the Bombers have given up in the fourth quarters. Yeah, no, I, that, that is uh, actually one of the big stats that defenses do focus on uh, is, is the fourth quarter point because that's when you're tired, right? That's when, you know, it's, it's easy to stop a team in the first quarter when you have a full tank of gas, right? When you're on empty, uh, that's when mistakes happen. And that's when, you know, things start to break down, communication starts to break down, and, you know, kind of things start to hit the fan. So uh, if your defense is having, you know, like virtually zero points in the fourth <laughs> quarter almost all year, uh you know, that really speaks volumes to, you know, how well conditioned and trained and, you know, coached a defense is together uh, to not uh, to ensure that those breakdowns don't happen. You know what I mean? Like to ensure that, you know, everyone's still on the same page, even when you are tired. Um, it's, you know, it, it's pretty remarkable. It's one I know that they do focus on. So, it's, you know, I'm sure they're pretty they're pretty happy about it. One of my favorite points of our conversations is when we get to talk about predictions and you were fist pumping pretty hard last week as you were uh, just, you you got back onto the horse after falling off and getting kicked in the chest with your terrible prediction after predicting the Bombers would lose to BC and then came out and won 45 nothing. But you're (laughs) feeling good and uh, we're going to have a playoff preview episode coming up, uh, you know, before... The, the playoffs start and, and the Winnipeg will have the week off. So you're actually going to predict the whole first round of the playoffs. So uh, get ready for that. But before that, let's get into what you think will happen uh, Saturday. Bombers, Alouettes in Montreal. What do you what do you think? I hate to say it. <laughs> I do. I think you may hate to say it, but the last time you hated to say something, fans loved the result. So yeah, just... yes, I uh... So hopefully, you know, you know. See, the thing is, I wasn't <laughs> that upset last time. I was that wrong. So I'm like, you know what? We still we won. So you know that's great. You know, I was wrong, but we won. So okay, uh, you can't be that mad, right? So, uh, but that being said, I think I just think there's too many young new pieces in, uh, and Montreal's got too much to prove in this game. That I think Montreal is going to pull it off, and I think it's going to be like 28 to like 16 for Montreal. I, uh, I hate to say it, but um, I just think the that's kind of the the way uh, it's it's gonna shake out in the end. The bombers will kind of hang around a little, uh, hang around, make a game of it, but uh, just getting that last bit over the hump, I think, is what you're what you're probably thinking, eh? Yeah, just like the, you know, they'll get yards, they'll get first downs, they'll do all that, but like actually getting into the end zone, I think, will be a little bit more difficult. 
So, uh, so yeah. So I think it'll be a, a Montreal kind of pulls it off here, especially especially with Trevor Harris. He's got a couple games in now, so he's been there a couple weeks. He's, he's going to be coming out a little bit, uh, a little bit, a little bit hungrier than normal. I think he so, needs to win. Like he yeah. he flat out needs a win, and he needs a performance. 100%. Exactly. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, that's that's kind of. From what I can, you know, what I can see, and, and that's what I'm thinking. But you know, who, who knows? You know, sports is always kind of funny like that, where um, it, you know, they're all humans out there. So sometimes they just have some guys have off weeks, and sometimes some guys have amazing weeks. So, uh, so you know, we'll see what happens. But I, yeah, I, I, from what I can tell on paper, that's what I'm kind of predicting. All right, John, uh, one of the new segments that we do is uh, Retweet or Delete, where we go back over your social media. Follow him on Twitter at JohnRush32, on Instagram at JohnRush5. We're looking at John's Twitter. That's at JohnRush32. Uh, I tweeted you something today, and I fully blame you for the idea of snow crocs. Would you get a pair of snow crocs so you could wear your favorite shoe all year long? Um, so, yes. Here's the thing, though. Uh, I already have a pair of the Crocs that ha- are like um, faux fur lined. They already have kind of a half, uh, like a hybrid of their Crocs. But these Crocs with boots in them are interesting because the ones with faux fur always got snow in the back. So it was kind of like really inconvenient. But these ones are like covered. I'm like, ooh, so do I switch it up <laughs> and uh, get those ones? Uh, but to answer your question, I already did wear Crocs for year round. So <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured. I just love how you threw the word "inconvenient" in a conversation with Crocs in winter, yeah. as if like you're surprised that the faux fur ones are inconvenient for winter wear. Well, to me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, John. Uh, Okay, continuing on here. Retweet or delete. This one you actually just threw out not too long ago. Uh, This is from you. All right, I'm just going to say it. They should have recast Daniel Radcliffe in the latest Harry Potter movies when they realized he wasn't a good actor. It's only been uh, a a couple hours, but are you hammering down on that, or would you like to uh, re-delete that tweet? Uh, I'm I'm hammering down that one. That is, you know, uh, that's something I've thought. I was a, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, like huge. Like I had when the Cineplex Odeon used to do, uh, they had like birthday party rooms at the at the theater. Uh, I had a Harry Potter themed birthday, and my mom sent out scrolls as invitation. Um, it was sick, um, and grew, so I grew up with Harry Potter. And as I grew up with them, Daniel Radcliffe, like, kind of ruined the movies. Like, <laughs> like at first it was kind of like, okay, he's young. They're all kind of just kid actors, like, whatever. And I was young, so it, I didn't really notice it. Um, but as I grew up and the movies started to come out, like, later and later, and as, as I was growing up, like, Emma Watson and Rupert Grin are phenomenal actors. They're both very good actors, like, surprisingly, because, you know, most child actors don't actually really grow up into being, you know, good actors kind of at all. But uh, but they both did. But it's so unfortunate that the main character, the guy that spends the most time on the screen, Harry Potter, it does, it's, he's just not great. And, like, as a kid, like, I would never fault him. Like, he was, like, eight when he started this. Like, whatever. Like, he wasn't, uh, you know, no fault of his own for not being the world's best actor. But I mean, by the end, like by the end, the last couple of movies, 
you know, he, he was in his 20s, and I'm like, okay, this guy kind of just, like, he's kind of ruining the movies. He's not, he's not that great. I, I would have, you know, if I'm a director, which I'm, you know, which I'm definitely not, <laughs> like, uh, I would have personally pushed to uh, recast him with someone with a bit more talent. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I love how you're in your 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 twenty somethings, and you've clearly given that a lot of thought. Oh, so much thought. You have <laughs> uh, more uh, from retweet or delete. You had this one actually tweeted at you, and I loved it. It's from at Neil the Drake uh, at John Rush thirty two is not a real person, but in fact, three large dogs in a trench coat. He preaches veganism, so there's more meat for the dogs. Prove me wrong. It is hard to prove that man wrong, John. He may be onto something. You know what? Especially because I wear a house coat like all the time. I'm just like, man, they they kind of got me pinned on that one. I'm like, I can't I can't deny it. Like I have no proof to prove them wrong. You know what I mean? That's it's all I do is talk about dogs and veganism. <laughs> so like, I just like just like dang it. They got they got me pretty pinned on that one. <laughs> uh, last one for you: retweet or delete. Uh, when it was announced that Justin Bieber would be launching new Timbit flavors called Timbeebs, you tweeted out probably the most un-Canadian thing I could think of. To be honest, are you going to uh, retweet or delete that take? I might I, I, I might take that one back. To be honest, it was a little it was a little mean. Like I feel like. It's a, t- it's a tough position to be in because it just was so, I mean, it was so, one, the name, super cringy. Super, like, I was just like, come on, guys. You guys, like, who did you guys even survey for this? This is just, you knew you were going to get made fun of for this name alone. Uh, and, like, you want to support Peebs because, you know, he's Canadian and, you know, and I, I actually know quite a few people that grew up with him because uh, he grew up in Stratford and, you know, Play, he played sports there growing up, and, and I played played football with a lot of his buddies. Um, so you want to support Canadian, but like he hasn't been in Canada, and like what you know, like what what's he really done for Canada? You know, at this, so I, I was just I, I still I'm, I'm waffling on that one where I'm like I don't know, I, I don't. It was kind of mean, but I was kind of just like well, the name's super cringy, and like has he really done that much for Canada? And I'm like. Yeah, he's Canadian, but like you know, when's the last time he's even been in Canada? You know, so <laughs> hey, I'm all, of... I'm all for it. You wanna you wanna hammer and double down on it? I am all for it. Uh, if, if you want to back off on it, that's fine too. I think I think I want to retweet it still because I I just <laughs> you just talked yourself I, in you a know, big I'm, circle. I'm, yeah, I'm staunching my 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 convictions. I, I'm I'm sticking with that one. I get it was a little mean, but you know, I'm, I'm sticking with it. Two more before we get into uh, just checking in the, with the, how the dogs are dealing with this kind of weather. Uh, Bob Knuckles Irving, longtime CJOB broadcaster, uh, is is announced that he's going to be hanging up his microphone and he's going to be uh, retiring at the end of the year. Uh, just take us through. Did you have any interactions with Bob? What's it been like to uh, only know his voice when when uh, being with the Bombers? Uh, just what would you uh, have to say to about or to Bob Knuckles Irving? Yeah, no, the guy's uh, an absolute legend. Like, just a, a legend through and through, kind of, you know, and, and the outpouring of support that you've seen, like, you know, across social media for him and, um, like, thanking him and, and everyone is grateful for everything he's done. You know, for for a man, for a person to be involved 
with a team for that many years, just it's it's insane. It's just absolutely uh, insane to see, uh, and it's 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 awesome. He has done so much uh, for this team. He has he is you know he's part of the reason the the Blue Bombers fan base is as crazy as it is. Because even in the bad years, people would tune in to listen to Bob. You know, like, people wanted to hear him. They didn't care that the Blue Bombers were kind of bad, because they were for a long time. <laughs> they just wanted to hear Bob, right? So he plays such an enormous role in the football culture in Manitoba. It cannot be understated how important he was to building this team and building this fan base. And, it, you know, it's so... Uh, you know, it's awesome. He he deserves, you know, he deserves this retirement. <laughs> he he absolutely deserves this retirement. He has done so much for this community. Uh, you know, nothing but respect for him. He's the guy's an absolute legend. That is really really well put, uh, John. I I've seen on social media you're involved with uh, a bit of an initiative when it comes to pets and Christmas. Why don't you take us through a little bit about what uh, is going on in your world as we get ready for the holiday season? Yeah, no, for sure. I'm actually super excited about this one. My friend, Sunny, uh, she's a photographer in Winnipeg, uh, reached out to me the other day and asked me if, if I'd be willing to uh, dress up as Santa uh, for a photo shoot where people can bring their pets in, uh, pay pay a fee, and all the money goes to the Manitoba Great Pyrenees Rescue. And, you know, I have two great two rescue Great Pyrenees, not from that rescue, but, you know, it's uh, we're all kind of family right so uh so you know first of all i get to see a ton of dogs right so five minute time slots i'm like she's like how long can you do it i don't want to push my luck i'm like i'll do this for eight hours if you want (laughs) i'm like are you kidding me uh yeah this is gonna be like the best day ever for me i get to dress up as santa claus and see a new dog every five minutes like yeah find me up and uh so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm going to have a lot of fun dressing up. I've never actually dressed up as a Santa Claus before, so uh, this is this is going to be my first year. I, I haven't entered that much, like, that mode of a dad yet where I'm, like, the Santa Claus. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to act. I might have to, like, you know, YouTube some videos to be, like, you know, how to how to Googling how to act as Santa Claus. Yeah, you, whatever, however you act, you know you're going to lose your mind as soon as you see new dogs. So it's not oh, really yeah. going to matter. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just going to be like, yeah, it's, it's not going to, it's all going to go out the window kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a really fun initiative that we're doing. Um, you know, I love being able to do things like this and, uh, and, and, you know, we're going to raise lots of money for the, the Great Pyrenees Rescue, especially going into the winter months where, uh, you know, they need it because a lot of these rescues get a lot of intakes because it gets so cold out in these winter months. So the dogs, you know, stray dogs can't stay outside anymore, right? So, so uh, you know, hopefully we raise lots of money. We, we just opened up the, the link to start signing up today um, at like 8 a.m., so like not even two hours ago. Uh, if it fills up, which I haven't checked yet, but if it fills up, we're just going to keep opening up more times uh, until people want to stop coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, which is which I said, you know, when they asked, I'm like, that's fine by me. Well, you know, just fill up those times, uh, open up more. So, so if you go, if you go to the link, um, and the times are full, just check back later because we'll be opening up more times. All right, what is the website and where can people uh, find it to start booking their times to get a photo with John Rush in a Santa outfit and their pets? 
Yeah. So the website um, is it's a it's a little bit of a, like a complicated uh, URL. But if you go to my social media, it's it's on my social media. So um, like the website URL is like Sunny shphotography.bigcartel.com. So uh, if if you don't want to remember that, <laughs> you just go ahead and, and uh, swing on by my Instagram or Twitter or, or Facebook. It's on my Facebook as well, and uh, and you just click the link. It, it might be a little bit easier for you to do that, and uh, and you can kind of you can kind of go from there and sign up and and uh, do everything from there. We'll put the link in uh, along with this this episode of uh, Bombs Away so everybody can find it right when they uh, click like on this tweet. Again, follow him on Twitter at JohnRush32. Follow him on Instagram at JohnRush5. Uh, John, before we let you go, I know the dog's got a, a vet appointment today, but uh, with the snow and the ice and the rain, if you're not from Manitoba, we kind of got dumped on over the last uh, 24, 36 hours. How are your dogs feeling about the winter weather, or have they even really noticed about what's going on outside? buddy (laughs) they have noticed they are uh in heaven this is last year i literally had to um i literally had to build a barricade um around my deck because my deck only comes up like like a little over two feet and um when it when it would snow like this I would, like, you know, they'd be outside for, like, an hour ripping around and stuff like that. I'd be like, okay, like, let's go inside kind of thing. Like, it's getting cold out. I don't, like, I don't want to be out here anymore. Uh, and they would run underneath the deck and hide and not come out. So I literally had to build a barricade uh, with, like, lattice and stuff around my deck so they don't hide under there. So, like, last night I, I let them out in this, when it was still snowing. And uh, they literally just went and lied in the snow. And I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, how, what, like, are you guys okay? Um, but, they, like, this is, this is, this, this is their dream. This is what they're built for. <laughs> like, Bone lives for this. So, um, you know, they, they are in, this is literally heaven to them. Uh, for me, it's basically the complete opposite. Because I hate being cold. So, um, but, you know, for them it's great, um, which is, you know, at the end of the day, that's all that really matters, right? Absolutely. Uh, John, again, we'll, we'll fire up that link on how people can uh, book time with you as Santa and their pets, which is going to great uh, be great. It goes to a great, great cause. Uh, we'll have the final regular season game breakdown coming up next week, retweet or delete, and then who knows what other kind of shenanigans you'll get into that we'll have to talk about. Always great catching up, talking football, dog, in life, John. Thanks for doing this as always. Yeah, no problem. I always appreciate being here, and you know, I'm excited for for the breakdown next week. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun.